listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell with Gary McGowan. And you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest dialing in today. Allow me to introduce to you the world to our followers. Christopher Fusco. There he is, everybody. On screen, Chris, nice to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Colin, I'm glad that you're back. So you took a week off last week, and I tried to play host and engineer and everything. I didn't know what I was doing, but anyways, we're back in the seat. Uh, yes, as mentioned, we have Christopher Fusco uh, with us, and um, and in the Facebook, um, the title or YouTube or, or podcast, wherever you happen to be watching this, um, Chris is Christopher is he's he brings tremendous amount of experience and in, in the luxury uh, real estate world. And and also in serving clients, we're going to talk to Christopher a lot about that. But before we get started, I'm going to risk, uh, read Christopher's uh, bio here. Uh, Christopher Fusco has been participate, practicing excuse me, uh, real estate with Avenue Realty Team for over 15 years. In 2020, along with his business partner, Emily, and Avenue Realty Team, they wrote $75 million in transactional volume. Congratulations. Uh, with a focus on servicing the upper-end communities in York Region, the Avenue Realty Team has, on numerous occasions, set the record for highest sale price in York Region on less than five acres of land. Amazing stuff. Uh, in 2020, Christopher enjoyed the opportunity of supporting the launch of new brokerage in Vaughan, Ontario, KW Legacies Realty Brokers at the investor level and currently sits on the Agent Leadership Council as the luxury chair. Uh, Christopher is currently focused on growing the Avenue Realty team by adding additional realtors, supporting the growth of KW throughout Canada, contribute to other KW realtors so they can find success and sustainable businesses which fit their ultimate lifestyle. I love it, Christopher. <laughs> Glad you are here with us. Uh, welcome to the Not So black and white real estate podcast you and in kind of the pre-show christopher was saying i have no idea what i'm up for but here we are so welcome aboard my friend oh thanks for having me i'm looking forward to hanging out with two fine gentlemen there okay colin i think we peaked we should end it right there two fine gentlemen that's just it. like that yeah that's it guys that's it thank you very much for tuning in there you go there you go so christopher uh, i don't know you uh, as well as say colin does and i'm sure many of our listeners uh, don't know you but i'd love to get that you know who is christopher in 60 seconds or less <laughs> You know, I think that's probably an answer that's that's to come from other people, not myself. Uh, But, you know, if we want to just break it down pretty easy, uh, I'm a father, father first. Uh, I'm a guy who uh, has a weakness for chocolate and tall boys on a Friday night. And, um, you know, my favorite word is probably relentless. And that's sort of a a type of thing I try and uh, install in every dynamic of my life. And other than that, uh, that's about it. Someone else can tell you all the uh, not so great things. <laughs> I like it. Chocolate and tall boys. That's all I heard. Oh, and father and a bunch of other cool things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, so tell us, you know, give us a little background of um, some of your, your, uh, your, your real estate experience and, and uh, throw out that Colin and I will ask you lots of questions about, you know, how you're servicing clients and taking care of clients and seeing their, they meet their needs and dreams and stuff like that. But uh, before we get into that, I'd love to kind of get a background of, of kind of your real estate career. Okay. Well, uh, to give you a bit of background, I guess I started uh, full-time in 2007. Uh, I come from a family of realtors. So, you know, if you want to eat at the dinner table, I was licensed in 2002, <laughs> kind of straight out of university to be able to help. Uh, I was doing my uh, master's at Schulich part-time and uh, one of the profs kind of challenged me and said, you know, why are you kind of going down the road you're going with your current consulting uh, business as opposed to trying uh, real estate? And I did and I loved it. Uh, so, you know, from, from there, I think what ended up happening is we really brought a consultancy approach to, um, to servicing our clients. Uh, Emily, who's my business partner and my mother had the opened, uh, up Avenue Realty, uh, in, uh, 1987 and really had a phenomenal foundation in place. And together we've been able to sort of expand it by, I'd say the, uh, the way that we provide our clients information and empower them to make educated decisions. And that's probably the thrux of, uh, where we try to, um, push our efforts forward and, uh, what we want to give to our clients. 
Now, Christopher, I, and you and I have been in conversation a lot of time over the last year, which I've gotten to know you. And during that time, it's rare that I would hear you use the term salesperson or realtor. You always use the word consultant. Tell me more about that. Uh, you know, I mean, I think if you step back and you look at what we do, um, we're not just selling. Okay, we're we're supporting. So, you know, we we as uh, as realtors, uh, you know, we provide to people an abundance of information. We we take that uh, abundance that's out there and we try and narrow it down and prick out the diamonds in the in the rough. Uh, you know, I don't sell anyone anything. They make decisions. <laughs> Um, I provide them with the tools to help and make those decisions. So, you know, asking the question that makes a uh, newly married couple go red in the face, uh, you know, when we're doing a visit, because, you know, when are you having kids? How many kids are you having? Um, forcing those types of, you know, discussions there. I'm not selling them on the uh, on the product that they're buying. I'm having them ask the questions that they need to ask so that they can determine what's the best fit for their lifestyle. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that approach, Colin. It, it, it's, it's, it's the whole. It, I think it removes the salesman out of out of the equation, and and you know, now all of a sudden you're providing guidance and, and you're asking it. It kind of sets up that conversation for asking questions that's going to lead them down a path for their own self discovery. Is that kind of where where that's where, your experience? Is that where it goes? Well, there's no right or wrong answer. You know, what's what we ask the same question to a multitude of clients and they'll each come up with a different answer. It's what fits best for their lifestyle. So, you know, we're not selling and lifestyle, you know, let's not think and automatically because I'm luxury, I'm talking about, you know, pools and tennis courts. Lifestyle is a 1400 square foot condo. Lifestyle is 100 acres of land with an old barn on it because you want to fix cars in it. It's the questions that that we ask people to help them self-discover uh, what that's going to be. So we're not selling, we're just guiding. They're coming up with the answers and we just bring them to where they want to be, but they've directed us. And then of course we provide them with the information to make smart decisions. Hmm. Now, Christopher, have you always taken this approach as the consultant where you're guiding them along the process or did through throughout the years, your business has evolved where you've positioned yourself as that consultant? Uh, I think that's where it started. And, and that's just probably because of my educational background and, uh, and that I worked as a, as a consultant prior to coming into real estate. So uh, even going back into, you know, we talked about Emily and the foundations of, of our team. Uh, Emily worked in the corporate world previously uh, before she, she went into real estate. So, you know, her, her rationale for when she got into real estate was because she felt that a better experience could be provided for people after, you know, doing transactions on her own and then took that corporate mentality and sort of stamped it on, on Avenue Realty team. And then we sort of built from there. So, okay. Talk to us about the, the, the niche, if you will, of, of, you know, luxury real estate is when, when you first started was, was Emily and, and, and Avenue Realty already going that way towards a specific type of client, or is that something that it just evolved over time? Well, you know, I'd say that, that the neighborhoods that we get called on for listings on a consistent basis, those are going to be what, you know, people will look around and they'll say, you know, those are luxury neighborhoods. Okay. But our, our database is not necessarily luxury, um, you know, per se, it has luxury component into it. Uh, but it's just a level of service that I think we're providing. Okay. Emily did start off going after neighborhoods, which would eventually develop into luxury uh, neighborhoods. And it was very, very uh, precise in terms of what was being done. We and we still do that to this day, sending out, for example, personalized letters. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, <laughs> um, not dear homeowner, uh, to particular neighborhoods, neighborhoods that we want to see, um, you know, our presence grow in and maintain that presence in. Uh, there's certain times where we'll target even on one street, one side of the street versus the other side of the street, just because it's all ravine backing. So that's the, I guess, the, the methodology that, that we utilize in terms of going after specific, you know, markets and areas that we want to, um, you know, have a presence in and maintain a presence in. Okay. Now, with, 
with the word luxury, are we meaning or the term luxury? Does it refer to the service or the price point of the home? Hundred percent service. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tell me L- more. About luxury that. is not luxury is not a price point in any way, shape, or form. Luxury is a, a, a level of um, support and, you know, maybe more so a level of impact that you can have on someone's life, right? Um, I actually, you know, take the premise that there's, there's really no such thing as a luxury realtor. You may have realtors who, who work at a price point that the rest of the world might deem to be luxury. But what a quote-unquote luxury realtor does, every single realtor should be doing. Uh, you know, the service that we provide our clients and we have clients up and down the, the price spectrum, it's the exact same for the $500,000 new condo buyer as it is for, you know, our clients who are sizing down from their $10 million home into a $4 million home. Uh, the level of service is the same. And I think by taking that approach, it creates a, a level of trust uh, with uh, a client database that you're working with. And that's why we deal with the parents, we deal with the children, we deal with the grandchildren, and we'll deal with them up and down that spectrum of uh, price point from helping someone get their rental <laughs> for their, their child who's going to UFT to taking care of their four investment rental properties and helping them with their larger real estate purchases as well. Yeah, I like it. I think so, it was, sorry, Colin, to jump in there. I just no, want to piggyback on that. Um, it was three or four episodes ago, we had Brady Sandal, who uh, is leading the luxury um, division for KW. And the one thing that he said, and, it, and I think I can hear it coming from you as well, just in different words, right? And Colin smiling is, you know, there are agents such as yourself that you know, a lot of people would consider luxury agents. He said, that's not, that's not what we do. And uh, he's, we just happen to be luxury, sorry, agents that happen to sell luxury properties mm-hmm. and, and provide that that's luxury right. service. And I'm hearing the same thing from you, just yes. said uh, slightly differently. Uh, don't you agree, Colin? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and when we hear the word luxury, automatically we start thinking money. Oh, it's going to cost more. So when you're saying luxury now is a service, and a lot of us might start thinking, oh, my gosh, it's going to cost a lot now to service that client. Because you start thinking luxury, you start thinking Ritz-Carlton, you start thinking these. So does the cost to service a client, or is that an enormous amount of money? So think, think of it this way. If... If luxury is a, a level of service, when you go to when you go to the when you go to the Ritz, when you go to the Four Seasons, it's four walls, right? It's the same four walls at the Holiday Inn. What differentiates it from the rest, from an uh, an experience perspective, is really you know how people help you, how people greet you, um, how people walk you through whatever time you have with them at that at that vacation that you're on, okay? So, you know, the the cost of, of being a luxury realtor is, is really your, your mind share in terms of thinking about the details and taking care uh, of your clients at, at a level that, um, you know, there's, there's an anticipatory level. So things that they don't expect to have happen, you're taking care of them. Um, and at a level that they do expect to happen. So, so think about, you know, these people who are selling these large homes. They are CEOs, they're CFOs, they are entrepreneurs that have uh, some of them, uh, you know, immigrated to the country with maybe not a lot of education and they've built phenomenal empires. But they're used to something. They're used to receiving a certain level of information. They're used to receiving that in a certain way. They're used to talking to experts to guide them so they can make decisions. So, you know, when I take a look at our marketing campaign and what we do for all of our properties is pretty much the same. It's there's no there's no difference. The gifts that we give someone who will purchase a five hundred thousand dollar property is going to be the same as the gift that we give someone who just sold a five million dollar property from a, a value perspective, let's say. But it's the thought process that, that goes into each of those categories. It shouldn't cost you more to be a luxury realtor than it costs you to be 
a non-luxury realtor. And as I said, I really don't see a, a differentiation between um, price segments, let's call it. It's a level of service that differentiates, which is up to Christopher, Gary, yeah. Sir Colin. Yeah. Yep. I'd love to hear what, in your experience and in your words, you know, we all think clients want X, but I'd love to hear from your experience. What what are clients looking for today in, in their realtor? <laughs> um, oh, in their realtor. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a fun question because, you know, the industry is uh, is an interesting one. Let's say it. Uh, you know, there's what, 60,000 realtors now on the Toronto, Toronto real estate board. Uh, you know, when I, when I think about what, what my clients look for, what I believe my clients, you know, value is, is probably two things. One is a, a level of information and, and service that's, that's up here. Okay. That's really high that they're, they're a cuss up here. Here, there we go. There we go. got it done. <laughs> Somewhere. You know, when when they get it when they get an uh, an email from me, it looks just like an email that they get from you know an executive in their company. It's got the content, it's got the information that they need, and and it just gives them what they need to make decisions. As I was just you know indicating, so that's one thing that I I believe they expect. I believe that they they want. The other thing is if you ask any of my clients, they're going to know that 11 out of 10 times, if Christopher has a decision in front of him, that makes a difference between their betterment or my betterment, they know I'm going to choose them. So there's got to be a real, you know, unselfish approach to what you're doing. And it's just about making sure that your clients end up in the best possible spot that they could possibly end up having made the best possible decision with all the information we have at that time. I like it. it. Yeah, it is interesting because, you know, we often try and put our feet into their shoes and we provide them with so much more information or, or all this other noise, if you will. At the end of the day, you know, they want the facts and they want to know that they're going to be, you know, some want their hand held throughout the process and some know that you got their back just as you said, right? Chris, Christopher, like that's that's what it comes down to is that's what I'm hearing. We, we don't get to project their lifestyle. They, they get to tell us. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can ask questions that challenge <laughs> their current, you know, perception of where they think they would like to go. Uh, we have the, I think the, the opportunity to have had experiences with all sorts of different people over years, different clients, different personalities. So we can share those in a confidential way, you know, of what other people have encountered, what other experience we've encountered so that they can think things through. Uh, you know, a lot of time when you're when you're talking to people, they're not necessarily laying out, you know, school districts and where are kids going to go and can we live here for 10 to 15 years? You know, sustainability is a giant word that we use when we're with buyers. We don't want them to have to move. We want them to choose to move. And that usually involves them, you know, thinking a little bit uh, beyond the, the countertops, <laughs> the flooring, the, the pool in the backyard. Right. Um, again, we don't get to make those decisions, but it, I think it's uh, incumbent upon us to ask those questions to get them thinking. Hmm. Um, just to come back a bit on closing gifts, because you said they're in, in terms of value, they're about the same. Do you have a standard closing gift or is it dependent on the inv- individual that you're working with? Uh, so we've got we have some standard stuff that you know is in the office that we use on a consistent basis. Uh, I know a lot of different teams will uh, utilize very personalized uh, you know gifts. Uh, we you know I think we just want to make sure that we show we care. And so a lot of times, if you think about you know closing gift and you're saying oh it's luxury, what do I have to give as a closing gift for someone who you know just has a a five million dollar home or a two and a half million dollar home or a ten million dollar home. The guy, the person who has a $10 million home probably has everything that they need. You know, a closing gift is about showing that you care, that you appreciate, you know, the fact that they trusted you. And that's a big thing, that they entrusted you to help them through, you know, their transaction. So I think the most important part about the closing gift is what you say and how you discuss things when you show your appreciation, what you put on that card. 
you know, we've, I, if you hear someone's a snacker, yeah, we send a gift basket and we know we just load it up with a bunch of things that are, are, are all snacktastic. And, you know, you get that thank you and it's going to, it's going to come back because you were paying attention and you listened. It doesn't matter how much that basket costs. It's that, you know, you paid attention and you were super grateful for the fact that they trusted you. <clears throat> Regardless of well price done. point, it's probably the well biggest done. investment that they have. Mm-hmm. So I like it. And, and the one thing that I heard there is um, snacktastic. So I'm not sure if we've had that on the podcast yet. So I'm definitely this ready. This is the first. Down. This is the first. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, Remember the comment about the chocolate? That's right. Yeah, I, see, I, actually, I, see, I do see a trend starting to form here, Christopher. I like it. Um, but it, it's all about it's all about the client's experience. And, and I know, and I've heard uh, that you work hard for that experience to be, you know, top shelf, top level, the Ritz Colton, however we want to coin it. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you ensure the client has an amazing experience with the Avenue team. I, I think it comes down to uh, attention to detail. Mm. Okay. And, and, and one of the big things, and, and there's, there's luxury teams out there that are extremely successful, some that are going to be more successful than us, some, you know, less successful where, where, wherever we are on the spectrum and they do things completely differently. Okay. So, you know, I think it's important that any realtor def- defines what's going to define them and what's going to make them, you know, the most comfortable to be able to service. For us, it's professionalism and it's, it's top to bottom through, through our organization from the people answering the phones to the people sending out, you know, MLS fact sheets for review, um, you know, to the realtors sending emails. And we just, we define it by uh, being professional. And that's really where where we go. So, you know, and, and again, back to the consultancy, the way we write our emails, it's the same. <laughs> uh, the way we take in calls from angry clients, because you will have them. OK, um, you know, it's it's with the utmost respect. We have to understand where they're coming from, you know, being able to see their their side of it. Uh, so it, for us, the way that we accomplish that level of service is is professionalism and education. Now you might have a, another luxury person who comes on and they truly are Ritz Carlton. They're four seasons, they're white gloves. Okay. Like I've heard some great ideas on the um on, on the podcast happening at like you know one o'clock with Brady. Okay, where you've got teams that when they go and they they do a walkthrough, they bring a beautiful bag that you know they that they bought which was made made in uh, made in made in a, a spot that all the money went to charity. And I was like, wow, that, that blows my mind. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, for us, it's, it's the professionalism. It's the education. It's the knowledge. And that's, that's what we want our clients to remember. We want them to feel like they just made the best decision ever because they had so much information, so many different you know, dynamics that we considered that we talked about. Interesting. Now, you had mentioned a lot of your, um, the, some, or even some of the clients that you're working with. You know, high network individuals own their own company, you know, does a lot of things. Um, And we know with that, it can come some form of ego, right? How do you manage your ego against theirs? Well, it starts by not having one, (laughs) you know. There you go, Colin. I think... (laughs) I don't know. It starts by not having one, I'd say. (laughs) At, at the end of it all, I'd say that, you know, every realtor should have an absolute thirst for knowledge. And, and so we should all be reading. We should all be, you know, learning uh, about different things that are happening around the world and how do they impact us? How do they impact our clients' lives? And, and there's a lot of people who, yes, they have big egos and, and, and they've accomplished, you know, many things. But if you sit down and you discuss things and they recognize you as someone who, who can have great conversation with them about things that matter to them in their lives, be able to connect those to the things that you're trying to support them in to show them that you can, you can walk the same walk they walk, but in the arena that, that you're supposed to support them on, then the ego goes away. And, and what it's replaced with is trust. And, and that, is the, that is the key. When you can show your clients that that you can talk at their level whatever that might be the ego is gone and the trust is is what takes its place and then and then you're just working together you're just some people trying to accomplish a goal together 
I don't think I've ever heard it explained like that before, Colin. I love no, it. No, it's it, beautiful. Yeah. Replace ego with trust. I, I love that yes. that transition. That that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So you know what, Colin? So, so we're done so, now? No. Nope. that? Are we oh, done? No. Yeah, we we peaked. That was it. Mic drop. You guys wanted to stop in the first 30 seconds after, you know, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it might be time, Colin. We have a little bit of fun here. Uh, not that we haven't I think been it's having time. fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think it's time. Christopher, you saw this screen earlier and you're like, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> you know, these guys tell me, come on, we'll do a podcast, we'll have a good conversation. And during the prep time, I see the screen pop up. <laughs> what do you think I'm supposed to, you know, go, have going through my mind, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Very we remove good. the gentleman comment for the back end of this, yeah. uh, this podcast. That's right. That's right. You might choose to use different words later. Um, okay. So this, I'm going to ask you a handful of questions. They are rapid fire. Some will be yes or no. Some will be one word. Some you might have to use that part of your brain that you've not used in the wild who knows it's all about having fun here um so here we go here we go i'm gonna play a little background music gets have some fun here so this is we'll start with an easy one christopher would you rather be talking or texting talking talking very good favorite season of the year Wait, very good. That means there's there's right and wrong answers. I depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go uh, favorite season of the year. Let's go with summer. You're right. <laughs> nice. I have no idea. Okay, let's okay, let's get a little creative here. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Absolutely not. I love it. I love where this Everyone is going. Everyone has to have fun. Right? Exactly. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, favorite celebrity crush? No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. First celebrity crush. Uh, so, gentlemen, we have a problem. I have to pass. Uh, and my wife will vouch for me. I am poor. I do not know actors, actresses, movie stars. Like, it's it's not, you know, artists. It's it's done. Whoever sings, I, I got nothing. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So we choose to abstain on that, on question number three or four or whatever. Just don't out. have, there is no part of my brain that has that information. I apologize. <laughs> nice. That's okay. Like the flames are making me hot in here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the tie a little bit. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Uh, Okay, okay. We all love food. Favorite junk food? Uh, favorite junk food? I don't know. Cold cuts is a, it's not a junk food, but I'm like, that's my snack. Cold cuts? That's my snack. I cold don't think cuts. we've had really? that on the... Yeah, that's I know it's weird. not really a junk food, but I mean, you probably shouldn't be eating it as much as I do, so we're going to have to go that way. <laughs> okay. okay. Nice, nice. Okay, so speaking of cold cuts, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? It depends who you're with. I like it. Good answer. I mean, you're correct. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. We, we always ask this question, but you've already kind of prefaced it. You, your mind may not have this information, but that's okay. Name one of the seven dwarfs. I'm going to go with Sleepy. Yeah, I know, there, I know there's a Sleepy in there. There All it is. Done. So last week we had the first person ever to not name Sleepy. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Call wow. it. That's what happens when you get a guest host on here. I um, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Big dogs or small dogs? Big dogs. Big dogs. Uh, would you rather cake or pie? Cake. Okay. Last question. The Godfather or Star Wars? Godfather. There you go. Oh, yeah. Well done. Notice go. that the food questions, I responded yeah. like very rapidly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is there any other food questions just for the heck of it? I can't see any other here. Anyways, uh, sweets or sour? Oh, sweets. There you have it. Back to the see, chocolate. <laughs> That's right. Chocolate and tall boys. A tall chocolate <laughs> something or other. Yes. Very good. See, that wasn't so bad. No, no, but I, I did start sweating, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the flames. You know? It's the flames. So we, Colin and I, like, this is easy for us. And I remember way back when, I don't know if you recall, Colin, back on, we'll say season one of three, um, mm -hmm. Colin and I did this back and forth to each other. I will admit, on camera, it's a little bit harder than we make it out to be. Yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit harder. Yeah. Anyways, oh. all right, Colin, uh, mm -hmm. lead us off here in the second portion. 
Okay, so now, Chris, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you've, you know, your partner with Emily, Emily started the business um, back in the 80s, you mentioned? Yeah, 1987, she launched uh, Avenue Realty. So late 87, um, 87 Avenue Realty. And recently, and this is how I got to know Chris, um, he decided to be a part of the Keller Williams family. So someone who has started their own brokerage, a partner taking over that brokerage, now you've decided to be a part of Keller Williams. Tell us more about that and what led to that decision. Uh, well, you know, I'd say Keller Williams is a pretty special place. Let's just start there. Um, for years and years, we've we've been approached by other brokerages, other organizations um, to join them, to be bought out by them, um, all sorts of different, you know, scenarios. And and I think what what ended up happening was I had some quiet time. <laughs> and I took a call really just to take some information in, you know, from a a gentleman named Dylan Souter, which I'm, I'm sure you've uh, had on here or should have on here and roast yeah. him. Um, but, you know, what it what it really came down to was a, a business decision. You know, from a production perspective, we, we stand where we are. Life's pretty good. But when you take a look at Keller Williams and everything that it has to offer from a different dynamics that you can grow your business, that you can grow yourself, it's it truly is phenomenal. From you know coaching to growing teams, being investors, operating principles. There's there's all sorts of different you know dynamics there that if you look at everything from a business and you just step outside of the the day to day production, the world's so much bigger. And and when you think about Keller Williams, I truly believe there's two like two moral fibers that run through this organization, which which help it just uh, grow and attract people. And that's a mentality of abundance and a growth mindset. And, and with that, you're always going to encounter someone who is uh, accomplishing different things than you, more than you. And because they have this abundance mindset and growth mindset, they're willing to work with you and help you grow. And then you have the opportunity to help others grow as well, which is truly fulfilling. Uh, when... I took that call eventually from Dylan, counted on him like two, three times because I was busy. Um, what it came down to is realizing that we could have an impact more by, by working with Keller Williams than we could on our own. And that's an impact on our community. That's an impact on our clients. That's an impact on the real estate industry. So, you know, the, the conversation, you went something like this is I want to improve the quality of realtors in my sandbox. <laughs> I want to improve the quality of service to, to people in, in our sandbox who receive real estate services. And, and knowing and looking at the systems and the models and the support that exists at, at Keller Williams, is very quickly able to realize that that goal could be accomplished bigger, better, faster, and with a lot more fun by joining the Keller Williams family. And, you know, I think one of the beautiful things for, for people who have, you know, independent brokerages is, is that you get to still keep your identity, keep who you are. And, and I think that's an important thing for a lot of entrepreneurs who have gone out and who have uh, you know, built their own brokerage and book a business and, and probably are in a spot where they're doing very well, but are maybe hungry to be able to do more and to have a greater impact. And uh, I truly believe that that's, that's what we have an opportunity to do with Keller Williams. That's well said, Christopher. I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, I, I think a lot, a lot of realtors look, they, they kind of get stuck in the mindset of I'm a realtor and that's it. Right. And, you know, I go do my sales and that's it. And, and you've kind of alluded to it a little bit here. And I, and I want to help this conversation along in the fact that, you know, when, when I get to talk to other realtors, it's one of the eye-opening pieces for me years ago when I joined KW was it's not about being a realtor, it's about being an amazing business owner. And that's the other piece. The other piece that comes with that, and, and I'd love for you to, you know, I'd love to, for you to share your thoughts on it, is just the amount of opportunity that is in front of us at this moment. And I think, I think that's what people fail to see as an entrepreneur, because we are all entrepreneurs, right? And just that, that massive opportunity. I'd love for you to talk to us about that. So why don't we break down opportunity into um, a couple different levels, let's call it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think 
as a realtor, where information is available to a lot of our clients, your opportunity there is to impact people's lives. And that's probably the way that, you know, you should approach your conversations, uh, approach the questions that you ask in those conversations, because you get to have an opportunity to impact people's lives. So it's really nice when you have a client come back to you and say, that one conversation we had completely changed what we did and has had a massive impact on our life, how we live, what we do day to day. So, that, you know, that's one, one level of, of what opportunity is in, in front of you. Uh, the other level of opportunities that I think are in front of us is just, and COVID has sped this along, is the, the bandwidth of, of impact that we can have, right? Uh, the number of people that we can touch, the number of realtors that, that we can work with. You know, realtors, cooperating brokers, what are they? <laughs> they're just, they're co-workers with different business cards. So just the, the more people you interact with, uh, the more that we can you know, share our knowledge and experience with, that then disseminates and, and goes out and, and builds a better environment, builds a better world. The opportunities that exist right now, if you're in the GTA, it's just pretty phenomenal. Uh, you know, the growth that's happening, the, the immigration that's happening, all the different uh, you know, neighborhoods that are, are evolving, the density that's being required as a business person. And if you step back and just think about, you know, the comment about Keller Williams, well, brokerage opportunities, investor opportunities, um, investment uh, opportunities, vehicles in terms of multi-residential, you know, housing that could be out there that you can be involved in. Uh, there's just, it really is uh, limitless. Uh, even just having conversations about different investment vehicles that are out there and bringing those to your clients, you could change, you could change someone's life. You know, we, I, I remember having a conversation with a client and they were talking about leveraging their home and what they were going to do with the funds. And I had three different options for them. I'm not saying which one's right or wrong, but I had three different options for them. And they chose the one that best fit them. And it wasn't what they were going to do at the outset, right? Um, you get to take advantage of those yourself as a realtor. You get to talk to other realtors because, yeah, there's 60,000 of us. <laughs> um, everyone can learn every day. And everyone can learn from someone different, okay? And someone you've been around a lot, you can still learn from them because they're going to say something different that you, you didn't expect. And you'll learn to be able to apply that to your clients, to your business, to your mindset. It's... It's tremendous what's out there for us to choose from. So, Chris, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you mentioned making the decision to get in business or partner with Keller Williams was more a business decision. And where are you looking to take your business in the next three years? Well, who knows what the next three years will look like, right? No one knew what the last year would have looked like. So where are you looking at taking your business for you to say, for me to get to that next level, it's worth that partnership? Uh, well, firstly, I'd just like to say, I think as realtors and as an industry, we should all be very thankful of how the last year has gone. Uh, because the other option would have been a tough one for a lot of people on this call and a lot of people, you know, watching. Uh, secondly, where we're going and what we're, you know, targeting at this point is really to grow the, the team and to open a market center. Those are the two things. And, you know, we talk about impact. Uh, so we said my sandbox. <laughs> I wanted to operate a little bit differently. So if we grow our team and we have, you know, more realtors on the Avenue Realty team servicing clients at different price points in the manner to which that we've serviced our clients, we will impact people's lives. We will impact, you know, our industry um, in our immediate, you know, York Region sandbox, GTA sandbox, Toronto sandbox, a little bit more. And then, you know, our ability to stretch a little bit further and perhaps open up a market center, uh, partner with people like Sandy, uh, like Colin, like Dylan, like Cynthia, and, uh, and be able to then have uh, a span of a whole brokerage operating a little bit differently. And just seeing the systems and models that are in place with Keller Williams and how they aligned with what we've really been doing a lot on our own organically. It's like, you know, kind of taking, taking what we had and supercharging it and say, well, now can we, can we have an even greater impact on, on the spaces that we want to have? 
Yeah, that's interesting. What's brought to my mind is, you know, I, I'm often having conversations with realtors that, at all, that wear all different types of hats, right? And I was talking with a team the other day, and I think maybe you might you might agree with this, is, you know, they're fine where they, where they currently are. And just as you are, you were fine where you were. However... You could, the way I the way I explained it to him was, you know, you can kind of visualize and see that glass ceiling, and perhaps that's worrisome to you. You're not there yet, but you can see it. And perhaps what I'm hearing from you today, Christopher, is at, at Keller Williams with you know with all the tools, the different abundance that we have, uh, that that ceiling is now kicked way down the road or down the field or what have you. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. You know. I personally think that the ceiling doesn't exist when you end in, enter into an environment where you have people who are, you know, abundance mindset and growth mindset. There's, well, I mean, I mean, you, you want to set a ceiling, I guess, get, you know, Gary Keller is a bit of a ceiling, but I'm telling you now you watch the guy, he's elevating that ceiling every single day. Right. So, so if you, re- if you really think about it, the, the ceiling's not there. Uh, you know, and I, and I think the industry in and of itself attracts people who, who, who don't like ceilings. They like to be able to grow. They don't like to be, uh, you know, told you can only do this much. Um, so, you know, putting yourself in an environment like Keller Williams, which not only says, um, you know, you can grow, <laughs> look at what this person has done and we're going to help you get there. And by the way, when you get there, get ready to be uncomfortable again. Because you're going to see some something else that's going to make you want to grow more, and it's time to get uncomfortable again, and you'll and you'll keep going. I mean, but that's the definition of growth, right? Being uncomfortable. So if you ever find yourself a little bit too comfortable, you're probably not growing, and and I don't think that aligns with uh, most realtor mentalities because that's not why they came into the business. That's kind I mean, of like that. You have to find a realtor who who says, "I don't want to sell another home." I don't need, I don't want to do one more sale. Yeah. Yeah. There are opportunities. There, there are definitely opportunities. And we talk about multiple streams of income and you alluded to that earlier where you can become a coach. You, you know, you, there, there's, you can own a market center. You can be an investor in a market center by being a part of this new family, this new world. What other opportunities are you you know, now starting to add to your list? Uh, well, you know, one of the opportunities that I think was always on the list, but never really took action on was really getting involved in investment properties at a higher level. And, you know, it was more a passive uh, thing that was happening. But when you're surrounded by people who are just, you know, doing things, you know, <laughs> Colin is smiling because he knows, he knows the people I, I'm surrounded by and my, you know, my immediate Keller Williams family, let's call it. It's really hard not to want to drive yourself there. And so that's one of the things that we have started this year. And and it is um, 100% a function of one of our immediate family, Keller Williams family members, picking up the phone and saying, hey, do you want to get involved in this? Uh, so, you know, we're really happy to be doing that. And um, and I think there's, you know, we, if you think about the idea of coaching and, and, and sort of your sustainability in, in life and the lifestyle that you want um, and the different, you know, phases of your life. With coaching, you, you could be sitting on an island somewhere and coaching two days a week for 12 hours, and it's going to be pretty good, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and I, I love to work. I do. <laughs> I really enjoy working. Uh, but, you know, there's probably going to come another phase in my life where, where wouldn't it be nice to be in an environment that you can look at different dynamics and say, it's now time to get uncomfortable because it will be at first, but move into that phase. So now, Chris, Christopher, the advice, what advice would you give to agents? And these are agents, regardless of which hat they're wearing, whether it's Keller Williams or any other brand, um, in terms of creating multiple streams of income, because ultimately that is the goal. Um because it has to be more than just buying and selling homes. Because if anything were to happen to any of us, it affects our ability to continue to do that. So with creating multiple streams of income, what are some of the advice you would give them? Partnership. Uh, find, find good partners uh, to be involved with. Uh, find, find people um, that you, you have a similar direction in life with that you're going to trust and move forward there together. 
because you can accomplish a lot more together than you, you can on as a standalone. And, and I think finding, finding good partners to, to work with, to spend your time with, to bounce ideas off with is, is what's going to um, really generate conversations that will lead you down some fantastic little rabbit holes. Uh, you know, if you're not having conversations with with people about different things that they're doing or different things that, you know, they've heard of, um, you don't even know. Like, it's the process of learning. You don't know what you don't know at first. But if you have great partners that A, you trust and are open to having conversations, I think you'll you'll just find opportunities that will fit your lifestyle, fit your goals, fit your objectives, um, and and really help maybe insulate you a little bit from, you know, the hamster wheel of production. Um, and, you know, that's, let's be fair about it. That's a, it's also a good life, right? If you, if you're really, you know, pushing and, and you're enjoying your real estate, there, there's nothing wrong with just pushing and enjoying production. If that's your, your happy spot, but it'd probably be a good idea to create a few different, uh, you know, passive income streams as well in case, you know, Sir Colin, as you alluded to, do you, you know, get hurt and then you can't do that anymore. Right. Uh, but I'd say it's partnerships. Yeah, that's that's so valuable too, Christopher. Is you know over this last year, as my my role in the real estate world has has changed, it, meaning you know I'm doing less transactional and more leading and coaching and so forth. But having that passive income, that's it, it, it allows you to do that other fun stuff that you now have a new passion for. Just as you're kind of alluding to, perhaps with the coaching down the road and and leading a market center or brokerage, uh, I I think you know there's so many agents out there that don't put enough value on creating that passive income or multiple streams of income, uh, they get stuck in that hamster wheel, as you still called it, right? And it's really just about stepping back and being surrounded by people who are already doing it because it's pretty straightforward when you get to see it. And that's, again, the beauty of Keller Williams because you're surrounded by people who are willing to share, people who have, uh, who have, done, who have done it before you, people who are willing to help you do it as well. And, and I think that's, that's a massive difference. There's, there's no other brokerage in the world like Keller Williams. There's no question about it. That pure, honest support and caring for those around you. And it comes out of every, every realtor who, who I've met at Keller Williams thus far. So, okay. The moment you said that, my mind went, okay, what do you mean by that? Now you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I'd love before Colin ask you the next question here, I'd love for you to, you know, what does that really mean to, to Christopher? There's no other brokers like KW. Uh, I'd love to get your, your inside, you know, work inside the brain of Christopher Fusco of that one. You know, I just, I believe that, that there, there's always someone at Keller Williams who's going to be willing to help you. There's never going to be a situation where, you know, someone's sitting next to you and, and concerned about you taking a piece of their pie. Mm. And, and when you have that and when you have that environment, that's when truly great things can be accomplished. Uh, you know, without that, it's a scarcity mindset. Yeah. Are there going to be enough homes to list? <laughs> are there enough rental property projects to start? Are, you know, are there enough buyers out there? There are. <laughs> yeah, there really are. Let's just make the pie bigger. And do yeah. it together. And that, and you know, I, I don't, I really don't believe that exists at other brokerages. So they may have nice branding, they may have great back end systems, but it's that, it's that touch point. It's that real human feel that there's someone out there and a lot of people out there who maybe even haven't met you yet, but they're willing to help you. Yeah, it's Which so true. Yeah, Anna, I had this uh, post up here earlier from Anna uh, Marin. Uh, it's all about who you're in business with, and I couldn't agree more. And you're saying the same thing, yeah. absolutely, here, Chris. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, Colin, earlier, but I wanted to wanted to make sure we no. we dove into that a little bit more. No, that was brilliant, and thank you for answering it the way you did there, Chris. Um, now it sounds like you spend a lot of time working in the business but also working on the business. So tell us a, a bit about that and what is the difference between the two? <laughs> well, there's the hamster wheel, which is in the business. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one that can engulf you. It really is. Uh, you can just, you can be completely absorbed with, with the in the business stuff. And I think it's important to step back uh, for you, for your family, for your own, you know, self-health. <laughs> 
and, and work on, on the business. Cause it's when you work on the business that the business will produce at a higher level. It's when you'll see different opportunities that, that can be in front of you. Uh, the, on the business stuff is very important. And, uh, and I, and I think it's important to just section off time to be able to do that, have conversations with people to help you do that. Uh, but um, and to then also create teammates to help the in the business, the hamster wheel stuff go smoothly when you step out to work on the business. And, you know, like when I think about our administrators on at the Avenue Realty team, I honestly have no idea where we'd be without them. I think I just show up. <laughs> And I go and I do what I'm told. <laughs> that's that's the way life works. <laughs> and that's what that, that's. And then I get home. Never mind the two kids and a wife. <laughs> but that's how our office is because they are taking care of that eighty percent. They really are. They're letting me focus on my twenty percent when it means for me to be in the business and do the things that I need to do. But I just go go go, and they give me my marching orders, and they block off my time for working on the business as well because they know that's important for us as a team to grow. Okay, you you brought up something really really important there, and that, and that's the the eighty percent and being in the twenty percent. And I'd love to hear from you. How did you how did you identify what your twenty percent is? Oh, I, you know, I can't possibly answer this without mentioning my coach Ryan McLean. <laughs> Because he dragged me into the twenty percent, okay. Uh, you know he's, and and it's it's you know it's a tough one because the eighty percent's a easier to yeah. be in. You know it kind of feels better sometimes to sit there and clear the hundred and thirteen emails that you've got in your inbox. Um, but really, what you do, you have to focus on your on your twenty percent because the emails is is not where uh, you're going to get the best result for you, your clients, your team, you know, your family. Uh, you know, I, I think once you once you get a habit of your of your twenty percent, uh, it becomes it becomes something that you it's almost selfish because it feels good. You know, it's like your, your database calls. You know, for as a as a realtor, when you get into it and you're making your database calls, you're doing your lead generation. You know, at the outset, it's it's probably something a lot of people don't enjoy. But once you really get into it, it almost becomes something that's selfish because you feel so good when you're done, <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, the, the 20% is a, is a fun place to, to play in and, uh, it, it feels good when you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, it does. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, it does. And it, and it's so exhilarating too. Right. And, and it is the fun place to be because, to, you know, it should be in the area that you get most fulfilled and that you're the best in. Right. And we always want to work on things that are eat that come easy to us. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mean, I think the, the reality of it all is, is, is you've got a certain skill set and everyone's got a different 20 percent. Uh, but as long as, you know, you enjoy what's in that 20 percent and you can function at a high capacity in that 20 percent, um, you know, you, you can accomplish great things. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a great, great way to look at it. And you have to be asking your, yourself question, is this my 20 percent throughout every <laughs> every part of the day? Because <laughs> it's easy to flow out of it. <laughs> So I have a question for perhaps both of you. Um, do you do you hire then for the the rest of it? Do you hire for the eighty percent to fill that eighty percent? Is that kind of it's kind of self explanatory? But I, I just want to make sure that that's you know um, for the, for the people that have been able to leverage. I want to make sure that they're leveraging the right pieces. And is that how you guys look at it? Colin, go ahead, Chris. Am I going? Okay. <laughs> After you, sir. <laughs> um, you know, I I think it's important to just hire hire people into roles that are the right fit, mm-hmm. and 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 just knowing what that role is, and 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 you know, when you're building a team, the right fit means that you know, for you, that's probably them taking a, a portion of your eighty percent. Um, that's going to be their twenty percent. And, and, you know, you could have some absolutely phenomenal people that you, you want to be in business with and, you know, might just not be the right fit. So because they're they're not picking up any of your 80 percent and and it's not your 80 percent, they're not going to enjoy. It's not their 20 percent. It's not going to make them comfortable. So you, you put each other on each other's bench. And, you know, maybe there's a later point in time where you get to go in, into business together. Uh, but I, I hire for the right fit. And then we have to look at, you know, what do they enjoy? What do uh what do we need to to support the team so that we can all grow as a team with them on the team, bigger, better, faster, and have more fun doing it? Oh, well said. Um, 
I, I think naturally when we're hiring people or we're looking to get into business with people, we want to be in partnership with people like ourselves. And if everyone on my team was like me, none of the paperwork will get done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes, that is I, the reality I can, of I it. can attest to that. <laughs> yes. None of your paperwork get would get done. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me, I want to go out and hunt. I want to be engaged with our clients. That is it. And that is my 20%. Um, when we're looking at getting in business with, you know, individuals, it's what are they good at? And does that fit into my 80%? Truth is, I want to get into business and in partnership with people that are way smarter than I am, right? In their, their areas. So absolutely, go for it. So for me, I'm always looking at, okay, this is my box and I stay within it. But now let's hire out the, the pieces that I'm not good at. And it's it's also not how do I do it. It's the who do I need to get in business with, right? Yeah, very good. I like I like I like both of those answers. <laughs> it is, and we, and we do need to hire uh, out for that eighty percent. But just as you said, Christopher, it's it's their twenty percent. So they're going to get the same fulfillment that we do out of our twenty. They're going to get that same fulfillment and joy and 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 everything else that goes along with that. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely, perfect. What do you got no, for us, and Colin? I think yeah. I think by even focusing on our 20% is what allows us to really build and grow our business. You know, we're at a point now where 10x now becomes one of those standard things that we're aiming for. How do we 10x your business? Start focusing on your 20%. Focus on that and the 80% that you're not good at. You start hiring those pieces out or get into partnership with people who are really good at those 20%. And because 10x doesn't necessarily mean how do I multiply my income by by 10 times the amount? How do I 10x my my vacations? Right? A lot of us we don't think about that. How do I 10x my downtime? How do I 10x my family time? And this is where it comes to building a business and working on the business, but also working in the business, like Christopher rightly said. Yeah. Okay. So we got a couple of minutes here, Christopher, and I, I'd love to hear where uh, the, the Avenue Realty team is going over the next, you know, three months to, towards the end of the year. What, you know, not, not necessarily your goals, but where do you, where do you envision that team and what, what do you have in store for, for, for your clients? You know, I, I think where we want to be uh, in the next, say, three months, six months uh, or so is we really want to have uh, more realtors on our team who can start to adopt the systems that, that and service model, really, that, that Emily started in 87 and that we sort of grown and evolved over the years. Uh, it, it, it goes back to conversation I had with Dylan Suter. We want to change the impact in our in our sandbox. And, you know, if having more realtors on our team can mean we can service different communities um, that our brand is well suited for. Uh, but there's only so many hours in a day that, that Emily and I can you know service people from a production perspective. Uh, to be able to do that, I think, would really make us feel as though we're accomplishing something. We are impacting the people's lives who we bring on to, to the team, as well as then the people whom they can go out and service that we otherwise would not be able to you know, have some input into their lives. Okay. So who are you looking at getting into business with? You know, I think from a, a business perspective, we're looking for, for a realtor who, who likes one of my favorite words, which is relentless. And, you know, everything else we can figure out together. Uh, so, you know, we, we want that mindset. We want that to be brought in. And, you know, let's not confuse the two. Relentless doesn't mean 80 hours a week. Okay. But it, it means knowing that it's, this is a belly to belly business. This is a full contact sport. So, you know, let's get up, put our big boy, big girl clothes on, go to work every day and, and really try and have an impact. And it's not just an impact, um, you know, number of listings and it, it's an impact on, on the team. It's an impact on the clients that we work with. Uh, it's that model. We want that mindset to, to join us. Uh, the rest of it, and I think, you know, the way that Emily and I have operated our business and the success that 
that has come from it, the rest of it takes care of itself. The number of homes, the volume, the listings. Um, if you focus on, on being relentless and showing up to have an impact, we want to talk to you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. A, yeah. And how do people get in contact with you? Oh, that I do know. I, I know. I know our office number. You know, Instagram account, Facebook. I got nothing, because uh, guys, it's not in my twenty percent. Uh, you can call us at the office nine zero five seven three seven six zero six zero. Yeah. If you Google Avenue Realty, we might just pop up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. And you mentioned relentless, and there's a beautiful book that I read by uh, Tim Grover who was uh, Michael Jordan's coach, um, Kobe Bryant's coach. Um, and every time you use that word, uh, that book comes to mind. Beautiful book. Um, if you haven't read it, highly recommend it. I'm, I'm reading a lot of books, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll take them. It's just, you know, a couple at a time. When do That's you get to? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. So that does uh, conclude uh, another episode of the Not So Black White Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Christopher Fusco, thank you so much for uh, sharing this this last hour with us and with our listeners and and viewers. Uh, Really appreciate your insight and your passion uh, for the business to elevate uh, everyone uh, around you. It's going to happen. It's that ripple effect, and I can just see it for sure happening. Uh, So for Sir Colin Campbell, I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody on the next episode. Goodbye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Now go make it an amazing day for somebody.